0: I am no military strategist. That much probably should be obvious. But I've watched a lot of the History Channel on TV. Okay, so here's one of the things I learned. And it's not really just a military strategy. This is a a strategy for conquering difficulties of many different stripes. And that is, there is a principle called divide and conquer. You've heard that, right? Heard that before. That's like not news. Divide and conquer. Standard tactics break the enemy down into easily defeated units, and then we can handle them. When they're united in one large force, we can't stop the enemy. But if we can divide them, we can conquer them, right? But here's my fear my fear is that the church is in danger. Our enemy has divided us, and we must therefore seek the Lord. I have a sermon prepared for this Sunday to address our need to seek the Lord, and I expect to preach that whole sermon next Sunday. But as I was reading Isaiah 46 again this week, it captured my mind and heart. And I felt like I wanted to loiter here for a little bit this morning in Isaiah 46 and let you hear the words of the prophet and hear what's being sent there. I'm going to read through Isaiah 46 and insert a little commentary along the way as we go. So this is Isaiah 46. Bell bows down Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. Bel and Nebo are false gods of the area around Canaan. They stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. Those particular gods don't help the people who worship them. They actually burden the people who worship them. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried you since you were born. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, notice the difference, Previously, it was the people who made the God, right? Now, God's saying, you didn't make me. I made you and will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Rather than being a burden to you, I sustain you. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me to that we might be compared? Some pour out bags of gold and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god, and they bow down and worship it. Notice, some create their own gods, and it costs them to make their god. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place, and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. You create the god? You pay for it, and then you have to carry it around? Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, from a far-off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about What I have planned, that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, you who are now far from my righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. Isaiah, speaking the word of the Lord, is reminding Israel that created gods have no power. It is the true God who sustains us, who carries us, who provides for us. And this is the God we are invited to seek. His arm is not too short to save us. He will accomplish his purpose, and he wants to use you and me to accomplish his purpose. In fact, he has articulated how he will use us, and the ways in which he wants to use us to accomplish his purpose. God has determined that he will build his kingdom here on earth, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But my suspicion is that part of our difficulty today, that it is not the gates of hell we're fighting, because there's no need to do that, because we're fighting one another inside the kingdom of God. Here's the danger. God's plan for us, his method to use us as ambassadors for his kingdom, rests solely on the unity of the kingdom of God through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit and are led by the Spirit, it's that same Spirit that is in everyone who names the name of Christ that tells us what our goals and directions ought to believe, ought to be. And we have to trust the Spirit to lead us. But our difficulty is this. Rather than listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we are listening to various voices all around us, multitudes of different voices, and those voices are dividing us. Scripture is clear on this point. We are members of one body. Read through 1 Corinthians 12. What does it say? All our gifts are activated by the same Spirit and that the Spirit makes us all members of one body. What does verse 25 say? The members of the body are arranged in a particular way so that there will be no division or no dissension among them. We are clearly members of one body, and we belong to one another. We are part of one another. It is a part of the essential unity of the body of Christ that is our witness to the world. No division in the body. The hand cannot operate by itself cut off body parts they die you know that's true right it's not like some zombie show you saw on tv where the hand comes crawling after people after being severed from the body doesn't work that way cut off body parts the body parts die divide and conquer and if you cut off enough body parts Well, what happens to the body? It is a clear statement of the essential unity of the body of Christ when Paul says we are members of one and only one body of which there is one head, which is Christ the Lord. Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 3, that is the task of the church, us individually, to guard the unity of the body through the bond of peace. He's, the actual wording there is the unity of the spirit. He's saying the spirit connects us all and that unity is so integral to how the kingdom of God operates on earth, that it is the task of all Christians to guard that unity. It's our job description. Guard and defend the unity of the spirit and the body of Christ. And I'm wondering, when was the last time you heard anyone on MSNBC or Fox tell us that we needed to? just to invest greater energy in guarding the unity of the body of Christ. Have you heard that particular editorial? Never happens. But scripture says, this is your job. This is a part of the way we accomplish the mission, that we guard the unity of the body of Christ. You've been tasked with the job of guarding the unity of the body of Christ. And so we need to do what we can do to guard that unity. My fear is that some of us would just rather be right in our opinion than guard the unity of the body of Christ. We're so convinced that we're, we're right about things that all we really want to do is to prove to the rest of the world that we're right to take our stand, to defend our rights. But the reality is that is all secondary to guarding the unity of the body of Christ because it's the scripture that gives us that task, right? This is what 1 Corinthians 3.18 says. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness in God's sight." I don't know about you. I receive countless emails from folks telling me that they're right. Most of them are repeating research that they found on some website or podcast. They're listening to someone who professes to know more than anyone else. The scriptures say clearly being right isn't the major objective here, right? Embracing the wisdom of this world is not our goal here. The mission of the kingdom is primary. We will never convince the world that God saves if we can't get along with one another. Our divisions and our anxiety ruin our, tes- our testimony and frustrate the plans of God to save this world. He will accomplish his plans. It may just not be through us if we cannot guard the essential unity of the body of Christ. And so I say to you this morning, with all of the compassion that I have, please be careful to whom you listen. Any voice you hear on television, the internet, podcast, or otherwise, who claims to know better than anyone else, or causes you to think that you know better than anyone else, I'll tell you what they are. False prophet. There's no humility there. Any prophet who preaches a message that necessarily leads to the division of the body of Christ, False prophet. I ask you: Does the division we're experiencing right now come from a a reading of Scripture where we don't agree on the interpretation of it? No. Really, it doesn't. The differences we're experiencing right now are based on different sources of scientific or political information, and somehow. Those differences have exposed a weakness in the church, which is a weakness in our commitment to one another and guarding the unity of the spirit. A weakness in caring about the eternal destiny of our brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are not yet brothers and sisters in Christ. I think if the differences we are experiencing are brought about by different sources of information and different sources of political views. And if those things are causing divisions in the body of Christ, we ought to know what to do in that kind of a situation, right? We should do what Isaiah is saying to Israel to do. We should seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. It's a part of worship. It's a part of who we are. Seeking the Lord automatically Requires us to humble ourselves. You can't seek the Lord from an arrogant posture. The minute you attempt to seek the Lord, the minute you stand next to God, okay, the contrast becomes immediately available, right? My son Greg is out west in some national parks right now. We've seen pictures of the Grand Tetons and places like this. The minute you stand next to a mountain like Everest, you get a better understanding of how itty bitty bitty you really are, right? And the minute we seek the Lord, the first thing that becomes obvious to us is that we are dust and He is the eternal, immortal, invisible, only wise God, and we are just not all that much. And so humility becomes necessary at that moment. It's an important lesson for all of us. When we seek the Lord, we become humble. I think to be fair, some of the differences we're experiencing these days are caused by our different experience of life right now. People who have lost a spouse to COVID are more likely to have a different opinion than those who have not experienced any significant losses. Those who live in cities where population is congested and infections are rampant, we'll have a very different opinion than people who are friends of mine in upstate New York where they've only had two cases in the county. I mean, it, it's, it's gonna be different. Um, but regardless of the difference between us, I think we have to ask the question What is the evidence of the humility, meekness, and gentleness we sing about as a congregation? Where is the compassion and kindness that are to be our hallmarks? When I was a kid, we used to sing a
1: chorus that went, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is strife? No, peace, right?
0: Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is love. There is comfort in life's darkest hour. There is light and life. There is help and power in the Spirit of the Lord. Friends, our enemy has taken the current events of our day and used them as a wedge to divide us. And we have not responded well. Our enemy is expertly wielding the tactic of divide and conquer. And we have left our posts and forgotten that our job is to guard the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And some people in some places have even taken up aggressive postures to defend their own opinions rather than recognizing their God-given responsibilities. In various places, I've heard stories of church members criticizing other members harshly regarding their opinions. I've heard stories of church members callously defending their freedoms in the face of the grief of others who have lost family members. I know of church folks even here who are afraid to come back because they feel they would be judged by others in the body of Christ over these issues. Did you hear that? That there are folks who are staying away, not because of a fear of COVID, but because of a fear of some of us and the fact that we can't control our own tongues. How is that guarding the peace? How is that guarding the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace? I mean, if folks are afraid of us and what we say and the way we say it, what chance do we have to be ambassadors for Christ? This is the same argument that Paul makes to the Corinthian church. If there are lawsuits among believers, you're completely lost already. If you can't negotiate simple disagreements among you, how will you convince the world that Christ has the power to save and transform life? Transform life into what? Griping, complaining Christians who are more concerned about being right than they are about their unity in the spirit and actually accomplishing the mission of Christ? That can't be who we are. We must Seek the Lord humbly, penitently. We must understand our job description in the kingdom, which is to guard the unity of the spirit among us. To love one another. What does the passage in scripture say? Do good to one another, especially to those who are of the fellowship of the faithful. This is a crisis, but the crisis is not about COVID. The crisis is about who we will be as servants of Jesus Christ. Are we going to profess to be wise and right in the eyes of the world? And when I say that, pick your side, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter which side of the, of the discussion or the argument you're on or what your opinions are are. are. are we more concerned about being wise and right in the eyes of the world? Or are we willing to guard the unity of the body of Christ? And that may look like foolishness to the world. But we should be comfortable with that, right? Because of the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. I have lots of ideas about how we might diffuse the divisions in the body of church. And I was tempted to write them here and give them to you. But after all, all of those things would only be my opinions. And then I'd be trying to prove to you how right I am. And you don't need that. You don't need my opinion on this. You didn't come here to hear my opinions about COVID. I'll shut up about that. The word of the Lord is this. God sustains us. He carries us. He provides for us. He created us. He has placed us in a family and charged us to guard the unity of that family against anything that would harm it or divide it. We must seek the Lord, His help and His wisdom, if we are going to prevail against this enemy that is seeking to divide us. And we are called to be humble servants of the Most High God. We must seek the Lord. Next Sunday, I intend to preach from Second Chronicles 15, the story of Asa, who is king and brings a renewal to Israel. Because I think in that story, there are some specific advices as to how to seek the Lord. And if you wanna read ahead, Second Chronicles 15, you're welcome to do that. Uh, during the week. But I don't think we need to wait till then to seek the Lord. I think we can seek the Lord now. We can ask the Lord to show us how we must guard the unity of the body of Christ. I think we seek the Lord by confessing that we have contributed to the divisions in the body of Christ and humbly asking him to pour out his spirit on us That his transforming grace would infect the all of us and the whole of us that we might be like Christ in this day. I'll tell you what, if the culture ever needed that kind of witness, it is today. It is today. The culture never needed the humble people of God more than it does right now. The loving people of God more than it does right now. The compassionate people of God more than it does right now. We need to seek the Lord. I wanna sing a song and pray with us. And I'm gonna ask Aaron to come in a minute and play for us while we consider what it means for us to seek the Lord. But, But sing with me.
1: Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. my righteousness O God how I need you I need you I need you every hour I need My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you.
0: Heavenly Father, we seek you today. Reveal your truth to us. HELP US TO KNOW WHEN TO SPEAK AND WHEN TO SHUT UP. KEEP US ON OUR KNEES BEFORE YOU. SPEAK TO US THROUGH YOUR SPIRIT. WE WANT TO BE YOUR PEOPLE. WE WANT TO BE THE SHEEP OF YOUR PASTURE. WE WANT TO BE SUSTAINED AND CARRIED BY YOU, CREATOR GOD so we ask for your help today. I've asked Aaron to play the song, Teach Me Your Way, O Lord. And I'd like us to take a moment here in silence to seek the Lord, to ask Him to search our hearts, to be present to us, to speak His word to us, to help us be certain we are on assignment for Him and that we are reflecting His glory. To ask Him if our, if our words and our actions are contributing to the division that exists in His body, and to repent of that if that is true. If there's anything that's keeping us away from, from supporting our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're asking the Spirit to convict us of that, to help us to seek Him know his ways. So let's observe some moments of silence while we humbly petition God to speak to us. challenge you in the week ahead that on a one-to-one ratio that you spend one minute reading scripture for every minute you spend listening to television news or podcasts or any other information source that addresses the division of our nation the moment, so that we have a chance of being led by the Spirit, rather than being led by the wisdom of this world. Heavenly Father, help us. If we're going to see these divisions healed, it will be by your Spirit, and you will have to enable us and instruct us and guide us. But you've promised to do that. You've promised that everyone who seeks you finds you if we seek you with all of our hearts. And we are seeking, Lord. We want to be your people. We want to be on assignment for you. We want to see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. Because the power and the glory and the kingdom are yours by right. Lord Christ. Help us to that end, we pray. And now may the glory of God be reflected in your faces as you seek him day after day. Amen. Go in peace.